What's up, horrifying crime peeps? Hey, yo, hey. Hey, yo, hey. Hey, yo, hey. Yo, yo, you, yo. I feel like I've said that before <laughs> on the show, but I reference it all the time. If hey, you know, <laughs> if you know, you know, okay. <laughs> we are um, back in the bedroom, <laughs> cranking out another one. <laughs> this time we got like a sunset view though, and I'm digging it very much. Husband just cooked us uh, some good burgers on the grill. It's um, 80s here in the Midwest, Michigan. So us Michiganders are real excited about it. Yeah, we're soaking up that sun before it starts to snow again <laughs> on Monday. So <laughs> yeah, when this episode drops, uh, it'll be snowing and it's 80 degrees right now. So that's uh, that's Michigan for you. <laughs> but yeah, um, great dinner. As always, you guys always, you guys always cook me dinner. <laughs> hey, he cooked. It was delicious. But yeah, now we're gonna talk about some murder. <laughs> As we sip on some lemonade sangria that KK was gracious enough to get me for my birthday. And let me say, I'll preface, 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 yeah, that's a word. Um... Originally, I was trying to get you the peanut butter and jelly St. Julian wine because, you know, all-time fave. Couldn't find it. Literally couldn't find it at all. So I was like, well, I can give her something new to try. And so I came across this. And, you know, it's not horrible, I don't think. But it's like, no, it's no PB&J wine. No, and this is a St. Julian's too, yes. isn't it? Yeah, mm-hmm. so it's not, not our favorite by them. No. But, I mean, we're going to drink it. Yeah, I mean, I'll finish the glass, but <laughs> it's not it's just not my favorite. <laughs> um, before we get started, I do want to say we got a comment from a, I don't know if he was a fan or not. It was kind of a little sideways, um, but he did bring up the fact that during the, the Brittany Marcel episode, it was supposed to say Albuquerque, New Mexico, and somehow, even through my notes and everything, I somehow said New York. So I want to apologize. We did a fact check. Yes, it is New Mexico. It was not New York. I apologize. Um, just New York probably just rolled off instead of New Mexico. Yeah, it happens. You know, we're only human. What can we do? Stuff happens. Even the top podcasters out there who have teams research teams who that's their full-time jobs and everything they even mess up so yeah you know like I said it was kind of some of the comments seemed like he was trying to be nice otherwise some of them seemed like they were kind of a little bit of a jab um it sounded like he said it sounded like we just listened to a true crime documentary or pod or dateline or whatever and then just recorded it i assure you my dude um we did do the research as well we don't put you know every seeking moment we have into every single case just because we do have full-time jobs and i have kids and so sometimes i can't get all the details out we try our best um, this is a hobby that we want to be bigger, but it is what it is right now. Mm-hmm. So 
chances are there are errors that are made. We don't have anyone fact checking us. We don't have editors. We don't have, so I do apologize. Also, thank you for bringing it to our attention and we're going to move on. Yeah. And keep listening. (laughs) If you want, you know. (laughs) So the case that we're going to do today. Wait, wait, wait. We can't forget him. Sorry. We got a shot deck, so I just thought of it. Yes, yes. All right. That I was a quick little shout yesterday. out. Matthew McConaughey is back on his show. Oh, he killed. The, I loved his first episode that he did. He did good on the second one, too. Did he? He's okay. just a fun dude to listen to. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> and then Dax does the impression of him in front of him. Great. Amazing. That's fun. That's fun. <laughs> of course he did. <laughs> so, this case is an old case. It is... Not a fun one, and there's a sad one, sorry. Um, but they all can't be happy, else it wouldn't be a crime. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. So this one is one of the most infamous cold cases ever in the Chicago area. It was 15 years ago. Five women were shot and killed during a robbery inside of a Lane Bryant store inside the southwest suburban area of Tinley Park. It was on a Saturday, February 2nd, 2008, just before 11 a.m. on a very snowy, cold day in Chicago. Now, Tinley Park is a nice town of Chicago, so don't get this confused with the sketchy crime parts of Chicago because not quite the same. Different vibe. Yes, a little bit different vibe. So store manager Rhonda McFarlane came in and she opened up the store around 10 a.m. And what really sucks is that it was her day off. But because they were anticipating big hype due to this huge sale, she came in and she like once again proved that she was a hard worker. And this was not unusual for Rhonda to come in and help out like... Many times she's come in on her day off, stayed in late, came in early. She just shows up where she's needed and definitely puts in the teamwork. She was helping a nursing student who was in her low 30s and Rhonda herself was an Air Force veteran. She was 42 years old and she was kind of working there until she could figure out exactly what she wanted to do. She was also going through a divorce, so she was trying to get that finalized and just figure life out altogether. But she was really good at her job. She was very happy with it. She would use her discount to buy clothes for the less fortunate, which is also very sweet in my opinion. Yeah. She's also very active in the church community. She decided that She would stay open-ended with the Lane Bryant Company because she was just doing very well. She was very happy, and she was just continuing to live life. She loved the values that the store offered. She loved that it was a woman who ran it. She loved that she, it was founded by a woman. She loved that it was just strong female empowerment store and business in itself all around her. So now it's 10 a.m. and the store is open and a few customers have already started to trickle in one 
of them being Connie Wolfork. She was 37 years old from Flossmore. She was a single mom. She was a, I'm sorry, she was a single mom to boys of a 16-year-old and a 10-year-old. Her younger son, who was 10, suffered from spinal bifida. So she really didn't get to get out too much. She didn't have a nightlife. And her friends had been begging her to like, come on, you just take a night out, just live life, cut loose, just, you need to get out. So she's like, okay, okay, okay. So she was in there looking for the vibe for the night. She wanted to look fit to go meet out with her friends. So she treated herself to Maddie Petty, but while she was waiting for her nail appointment to get done or to be ready, she decided she'd just walk over to Lane Bryant, kill some time, and see what was on sale. Uh, she was actually a mortgage broker for a company, but if you remember in 2008, the market kind of crashed, and so she had to take a second job. So that being said, she was stocking shelves at the Target across the street from this particular store. Another shopper at the time was Sarah Savransky. Savransky. She was 22. She lived in Oak Forest. She was a brand new graduate from Northern Illinois University, class of 2007. And she just got a brand new accounting job that she was very excited for. She was out shopping for some new winter clothes. She and her boyfriend uh, that she clearly was in love with because she just posted on Facebook while she was shopping, thanking him for such a wonderful year that they've had together. Aww. Soon after the store opened, a tall man, kind of husky, walks into the store. He's in a delivery uniform or at least appears to be a delivery man. He stops, he chit-chats up with the ladies a little bit. Now, Rhonda is suspicious from the get-go because she knew no deliveries were expected that day due to the big sale and all the, like I said, the hype and foot traffic they thought they were going to get. They didn't want to have to deal with deliveries. Right. So she immediately called some other stores were like, hey, are you supposed to get a delivery? After chatting with the women for a few minutes, he quickly pulled out a forty caliber gun and announced to Rhonda and the rest of the employees that this was a robbery and forced them to all go into the back of the store. He took all four women to the back of the store, tied them up with duct tape, laid them on the floor, and robbed all of them. Instead of immediately leaving, though, he lingered around the store, taking his time, not sure why, but... Yeah, he just kind of like, very lackadaisical, just like, thumbing through clothes, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, that's very odd. If he already robbed them, why would he not just run out and leave? Like, why just pace back and forth around the store? Which is like, you're raising the possibility of you to get caught. Right. Yeah, that makes no sense. Jennifer Bishop was... 34 years old. She was a nurse. Nurse? <laughs> she was a nurse from South Bend, Indiana. Her and her husband were in town for the weekend. And she just popped in to kill some time. He was at a roofing company conference. So she was just taking a little me time. She was a mother. She had three kids. All the un- 
Under the age of eight, the youngest one being six months. Mm, brand new baby. Yeah. Carrie Hudick was from Frankfurt. She was 33 years old. She was out looking for the perfect outfit because she was excited to be meeting some old college friends later that night. She was a social worker from Flossmore Community College. She was a loving wife who was also dedicated her life to helping troubled teens. So he also ushered them back and tied them up with duct tape and laid them on the floor and robbed them as well. Now Rhonda, going back to the kindness and always trying to help out, she somehow loosened up her duct tape, reached her phone, and dialed 911. The dispatcher went on to say that she was very distressed. She could hear Rhonda whisper the words, Lane Bryant. And the dispatcher was like, where? And she said, Tinley Park. They continued to hear the gentleman in the background. He, she could hear him getting more and more agitated. But because it was through a cell phone and who knows how it was laid about. And the gentleman was probably farther away. It wasn't super clear, mm -hmm. but they did make out the words that he said, I'm losing it. Okay. The dispatcher pleaded for her to stay on the phone, but it went dead pretty quick. Ugh. Just minutes later, and yes, actual minutes later, the police stormed the door and was very shocked and disturbed by what they would find. All six women were shot in the back of the neck or head. And I say six because there is another suspect who was shot. Luckily, though, when he shot her, she turned her head and the bullet kind of grazed her neck more than actually went through it. So she was able to survive. But, and this has got to be the hard part, she laid there and just played dead oh. until it was yeah. safe. Like, she mm -hmm. just... That was probably the smartest thing to do, but that, that For as I can't much as imagine. Pain yeah. that she was in, like to not cry, to not. Yeah. She just. Oh my gosh. That had to take so much strength to just hold it all in. Yeah, she knew that the call from 911 had been placed, so she knew the cops were. They were coming. Yeah. And she just put the rest in God's hands. Right. Wow. Oh. oh. Just minutes, like I said, after that phone call, the police arrived and they found all five victims dead and one severely injured. Now, there was money that was taken out of the register, but the suspect was gone. Also, the surviving victim, she's never revealed her name or information, which... Since he's never been caught, I could understand why. Yeah, probably just out of pure fear. I wouldn't want to either. It even took a couple of days before it was even announced that there was a survivor. But she did go into description of the suspect. She goes on to say that he was six foot to six foot two, kind of husky build, broad shoulders, probably between the ages of 25 and 35. He had braided hair. Three to five puffy cornrows pulled to the side of his head. And he also had one single braid with green beads dangling down the right side of his cheek. 
He was wearing black jeans and it had a cursive G on it. He had a charcoal gray mask and he was also wearing a dark waist length coat. He was also estimated to weigh between 23 to 60 pounds. Now, the bad news about this, well, there's a lot of things that are bad news about this. Yeah. But one of the big bad news things that really kind of gut-wrenching to the police was that this store was right next to Interstate 80. Mm-hmm. Which basically means he could have left it on the store, left the store and hopped right on the interstate within seconds and he was gone. Yeah, so it being right by an interstate, they really probably had nowhere to go off of like where he would have been going. It kind of reminded me, um, remember I took you to the Chelsea Smalls yes. mm-hmm. incident? Yeah. Um, that was on, one, that was on Telegraph, which was very high traffic, so you could have blended in super quick. Yeah. And then 94 was right, right there. Right there, yeah. Even with getting a composite sketch from the suspect, they got 7,000 leads, and the FBI went through all of them. They had the FBI, the Illinois State Police, they had all the big dogs show up to this crime scene and they just put everybody on it but the biggest fear was that he was already gone yeah even with all 7,000 leads nothing came out of it wow so this kind of shook the town because they're not used to this kind of crime the Tinley Police Department actually got in some scrutiny because of this they wondered if they were even equipped to handle a mass murder like this because they were used to petty robberies, petty crime, like very low-key, minimal stuff. And this was huge. And, well, they were kind of, if they didn't know what they were doing or whatever, but they were thrown in the deep end and yeah, yeah this they is had a, to figure out what happened. This is a big one. So some of the questions are like, do you think it was a robbery gone wrong? Uh, did he kill him in panic? Like, saying, I'm losing it. Why are you losing it? Like, right. did he change his mind after he had him tied up? Did he go to the point of, shit, she called 911, now I have to kill them? Right. And... While I was reading this and typing this and all the things, um, some questions came up. And one of them really stuck with me was like, how much money do you really think is in that till first thing in the morning? Like, this is a woman's clothing store and it's 10 a.m. So you probably have like a couple hundred bucks for change. Yeah. Um, other than that, why pick that retail store? And this isn't like a shopping center mall. This isn't like Southland Mall or like, was it 12 Oaks that's by you? Like, this is like a strip mall. Like, yeah, that's, it's very odd that Again, he... kind of like the, the Chelsea one, like how yeah. the bank was there and then it had a couple of other stores like mm-hmm. all on the strip. 
that's kind of the same thing. So it's very odd that he decided to rob that place. Yeah, and there was a bank that was next door. Yeah, it makes me wonder, like, did he know somebody there? Like, why? Like, why Lane Bryant? That was another question that popped up. Popped up was was somebody targeted? Was there... right. But even so, like. You took all these other customers that had nothing to do with Mm -hmm. your issue. And you were saying, you know, was it like a robbery gone wrong? Um, At first, I mean, that's where my mind went when he was like saying, I'm losing it. Like you said, he, in my mind, I'm thinking maybe he just wanted to rob the place, but then felt like he had too many people tied up, too many people saw what he looked like and... They were calling the police, so then he was, like, panicking, maybe, and just was like, well, I I just have to kill them, or they're going to, like, tell the police what I look like, and, you know, all this stuff. So I wonder if, if, yeah, maybe that's what happened. But I still go back to, if it was just a robbery, you know, give me the money. He had a mask on. Yeah. You know, give me the money, Grab the couple hundred bucks, be back out the door, and you're gone. Right. Like, yeah, that's true. And so, the interstate's right there, like you said, so he could have definitely gotten away. It's very, very odd. Yeah, like I said, and also, if you're, it's money you need, there's a bank right next door. Why not do the bank? Right. Although the bank might have tighter security, maybe. Pro- probably. Um. Yeah, I don't know. So there isn't really a clear motive of why or what his plan was or did his plan just fall to shit? Like, I didn't see anything or read anything of any partners. So it doesn't seem like it was a get-a-ray car. It didn't seem like there was, like, another man. Like, it just seemed like he was just a one-man show. Yeah. So, and then also, like, why rob the customers too? Um, right. I mean, I guess maybe if the the women, so maybe if they had like jewelry, like maybe diamond rings on or something like that. But again, so say all five women, you get all their rings, you get all their money. So even you get you know a couple hundred dollars, even more, a thousand dollars more, whatever. Why go to the store and dilly dally around the store? Yeah, that's weird, too. Like, he was just, like, waiting, almost. Such a weird thing. Because these are women, and who's not to say that their husbands or boyfriends aren't going to walk up and be like, hey, baby, ready to go? Right, yeah. Or, you know, adult children, even. Mm-hmm. Adult, I don't know. Or just even friends. I mean, I mean, you've gone shopping before, and you're like, oh, hey, I'm going to cash out here. Okay, well... I'm going to run here and grab a bubble tea. I'll meet you back here in a minute. Right. Yeah, exactly. That happens all the time. So, but I guess if you were another female coming in, it'd be more likely that he's going to overtake you than if some uh, men walked in to catch up with us. Right. But still, for him to just take that chance and just wait, wait around is very weird. Yeah. The survivor said that the suspect was in there for about 40 minutes. So from like the time that it started to the time that it ended. Mm-hmm. And that it was just 
I guess kind of fast the way it all played out, but for her, it probably felt like a lifetime. Yeah, I'm sure. 40 minutes, I mean, that had to feel like forever when you're in that situation. Because even five minutes would feel like such a long time. So, putting it all together, the grand opening, it opens at 10 a.m. And by 10.45, the women were dead. One was wounded. The police were there. He was gone. They had helicopters. They had checked, like, sewers. They were checking freeways. They checked highways, interstates, side streets, like, everything. And it's like he just vanished into thin air. Wow. And now it's been 15 years, and they still get leads, but nothing seems to be concrete enough to have anyone of interest. They, however, with technology changing, they do have a 3D picture of him, which is a little bit more detailed, but as of yet, nothing strong has come forward. They do have a $100,000 reward leading to an arrest. I mean, a hundred grand. If you know who this guy is, I would be like, sorry, bro, ratting you out. For a hundred thousand dollars? Yeah. Even for just like freaking helping these people's families who all got killed. Like, I can't believe, like, I, I, someone has to know something. He told someone something. So the other is that he's either dead or maybe he's already in prison. Yeah. For something else. Right. Ugh, well, hopefully it's just, well, I guess hopefully either, but hopefully he's in prison for something else. And then, I don't know. That's so tough, like, when so much time has passed and there was, like, no indication of anything. It's like, where do you even go from there? Mm-hmm. But the store was at 7... 7- 264 West 191 Street near Harlem Avenue and that was on the brook side of the marketplace in Chicago. Oh, that's such a sad story. Like, even when you were describing how, why each of them pretty much were there that day, you know, one was a busy mom and her friends were just convincing her to go out and have a good night. Another one was just, like, running across the street really quick because she, she worked across the street or whatever. Like, just how weird timing is that, like, they just were like, oh, we're just going to run to the store. Like, you never think when you're like, oh, I want to go shopping for a new shirt or whatever. You're not like, oh, I could get shot and killed while I'm in this store, you know? It's such a weird, weird thing. Yeah, and there was... um a couple of other employees that spoke out and one of them was supposed to work that day but her son had a medical emergency okay so it took her away she had to call in or you know request it off or whatever. Yeah. either way she was not there yeah and you know she states like even to this day she's like oh my god i was supposed to be there like had my son not had this medical emergency i i would have been there like and that's even hard to wrap your mind around because now you're mixed feelings with, oh my God, thank you, baby Jesus. I was not there. My son's purpose saved me. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, 
you got to wonder, like, are you wrecked with guilt because I should have been there too, but I didn't. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sure. It's that, that also, this case does remind me of the Chelsea Smalls one because she took the shift from somebody else who was supposed to be there. And, yeah, I mean, it, it is. It has to be, like, that 50-50 of, like, I'm so incredibly grateful that I wasn't there and that I'm alive. But also, like, oh, my gosh, somebody else was there because I couldn't go there. And now their life was lost or, you know, just, yeah, like, that has to just be, like, such a hard thing to, like, live the rest of your life knowing, basically. Yeah, I mean, I guess you, I hope she doesn't feel guilt, though. I hope she just feels there was a different plan for her. And yeah. She was needed here. Because she shouldn't feel She was feel needed guilt. here for her son. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And that, that breaks my heart, too, is the one that has the three under eight. Yes. The six-month-old. Mm-hmm. Like, three kids under eight and their mom is gone. Like, that is just... Devastating. Heart-wrenching. Yeah. Like, um, there is a store called Charming Shops, and they are like a sister store to Lane Bryant. They did offer to put out $50,000 reward to help with the gunman search, and they also did help out to pay for funeral costs for all the ladies. Oh, that was nice. And all the ladies are just remembered. Their friends and family that spoke up about them just have nothing but amazing, nice things to say about it. They were just overwhelmed with emotion, but they were all very good, happy people that are no longer here because of someone else's stupidity and selfishness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Big selfishness because even like you said, I mean, no amount of money is worth taking people's lives over, but he probably did not get much at all. And to kill five people and injure another, like, I mean, yeah, selfish is the perfect word to use to describe him. So I hate that it's unsolved and that they haven't found him, but... You know, hopefully one day justice will be served and they'll be able to find the guy who did this. Um, Or like you said, hopefully he's already in prison for something else or or karma caught up to him in some way, hopefully, because (laughs) it's just that he should not be out there just like living his life freely for murdering this many innocent, innocent women. Absolutely. So that was my tragedy. Yeah. Oh. Um, I did not think of, I mean, I'm sure if I would have, maybe you can come up with a stupid celebrity that should be a crime because of headlines. I did hear about um, one. Not that it's stupid. It just was interesting to me. I have, like, mixed feelings on it. So Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher, they have children together, you know, and they're very big on, like, they want their kids to be, they don't want them to be spoiled 
nepotistic or whatever, like rich brats or whatever. Like Jojo Siwa? Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Still on that. Still on Still that. on that one, yeah. <laughs> Pretty much they don't want them to be like that. So they had made a statement saying that once they die... Now, Mila Kunis and Ashley Kutcher, mega rich, right? Like mega, mega rich people. They said that once they die, their children are not getting any of their money. They're giving all their money to charity. Now, I have mixed feelings on this because you can't, like, give them some of your money. Like, you're going to leave them with nothing. I understand not leaving them with everything and, like, you know, they want them to learn how to work for their money and become independent and, like, appreciate what they have. But at the same time, you're really, really rich. You can't, like, you know, scoot over a couple mil for, like, your kids. (laughs) Well, devil's advocate. Maybe. Maybe they're leaving them, like, um, like their houses. Yeah. They're like, stuff that is in escrow. Okay. I, I hope so. I don't see them being like, good luck. I left you your suitcases and clothes, you know. <laughs> right. Or maybe they're putting it out there now and wanting to put the good work ethic into their kids, you know, to assume they're not getting anything, but... You know, Maybe in the will. end. Yeah. I don't see... Th- I mean, Mila Kunis and Ashton, obviously, they love their kids. And I feel like they are great parents. So I don't see... Right. Them actually not giving them anything. So maybe they're just thinking, like, whatever is cash-wise, like... Right. Yeah, that's true. They're going to donate to a charity or... They do a lot of charity work. I know Ashton is very big into trying to end the sex trafficking. Mm-hmm. He's very hands-on involved, and I love that about yes. him. Yes. so sexy. That is a good, if you guys don't know about that, that's a good um, armchair expert Dex Shepard episode with Ashton Kutcher because he talks a lot about it, and I didn't know that he was involved in all of that, and it really put him in such a positive light for me. Not that he was ever not in a positive light, but like it, it was he just... He was bigger than Kelso. Michael! Yeah, exactly. Much bigger. Like the fact that he's doing all that work is like, is so commendable. Like it's amazing. Yeah, I like them. I know they get a lot of crap too for, um, because they don't bathe their kids every day. Right, yeah. That was a big thing. <laughs> However, I joke around all the time because... They always say, you know, tits, slips, and pits when yep. they're in a, you know. Yeah. So whenever I'm in a hurry, I'm like, I'll be out real quick. Tits, slips, and pits. Yeah. Get that out. <laughs> yeah. Just hit the um, major areas. <laughs> so that was very impactful in my life. Yes. <laughs> it but, works. But, I mean, most women, we know we don't like to wash our hair every day. Right. It's not good for your hair either to wash it every single day. Or your body, technically. Yeah. They say. Stripping oils. So, but I do like them, so be nice to them, guys. Yeah, I mean, I I agree with you. I don't think that they will actually leave them with nothing. But that's just what people are claiming is what they're saying. But that would just be bonkers to me. Well, like I said, all the headlines say Mila Kunis doesn't wash her kids. Her kids don't get baths. But if you actually, again, listen to the right. interview. Yeah. She's on there by herself, and then I think they're on there again as a couple yeah. together. And when they're on there as a couple... They do talk about, like, yes, we shower our kids, we bathe our kids, but not every single day. Yeah. You know. Right. They're like, um, let's clarify, because everybody likes to run with a headline. Yeah, so I would assume, like you said, they 
they got something set up for their kids. But I thought, you know, you mentioned it. And I was like, oh, I did hear about this today. And it was like a big deal that people were like, they're not leaving them anything or whatever. But I'm sure they are. Because that would just be a little, a little crazy. Just a little bit with how much they have. <laughs> and, you know, going back to the Haley Bieber thing, I do want to go on record and say that I do feel bad that she's getting death threats. Right. People, I don't think we should be death threatening her. No, not um, at all. I don't know where her and Justin stand. They have not told me. So <laughs> they, they haven't called in a few weeks. I don't know if they're really getting a divorce or if they're working it out. I mean, no one's really said anything to me yet. <laughs> right. Um, I do think it's comical that she had to reach out. I don't want to say comical, but like... How much you have to put your tail between your legs and call Selena Gomez, the one that you started bullying, and ask for help? That had to be... If that doesn't oh. make your pride... Yes. I can't down. even imagine like um, how that phone call went. But I just want to say, again, it shows you again how amazing Selena is because she did step up and put a note, like, this is not what I believe, this is not what I stand for, like... It's got out of control. Like, let's just not do death threats. Yeah. And let's all just move on with our lives. And right. she's moving on with her love of Zane, okay? Mm-hmm, she is. So it seems like she's doing okay. She's doing pretty darn good. Um, Yeah. Sorry about it, people. The, the What do they call them? Jelena's? The Jelena fans. Okay. Jelena stands. They're done. They're over. And if you guys love Selena that much, personally, I think you'd want better for her than Bieber. Honestly, that's what I'm saying. Like, even He cheated on her. Their relationship just seemed to be very toxic. And they both... They just shouldn't be together. It just... It goes back to, like, Justin and Brittany. They out... Yeah. They were... You know, it was huge when they broke up. You know, she was so young. Right. You know, and he was like her first real love. Like, trust me, I thought the Justin and Brittany thing, they were perfect as well. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. If I had to inspire to be as a couple right now, I look at like Gomez and Morticia. Oh, okay. Love that. Love yeah, that. That's kind of how we say. We always say screw Romeo and Juliet, we're Gomez and Morticia. I love that actually because when you really look at them, he he just like treats her like she's a goddess, you uh-huh. know? And like who doesn't want that? Right? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I mean my I'm husband on... might be slacking on that part. Of <laughs> right, right. Part. Yeah, I'm but... on board with having that uh, as the role model. <laughs> but again, that's why we like Dax and Kristen so much because. Their role model for me is they are raw, they are real, they put it on the table, they face it head on, and then they move out with it. Yep. They don't, you know... Sugarcoat. Yeah, Yeah. like, they keep it real, but you can just feel the love that they have for each other so much. Oh, yeah, and, like, the deep friendship behind it all, too, which I think is so important, you know, like, that will, like, make it last. Blake and Ryan. Love the... She made, like, a speech at some award show. I just saw, like, a TikTok of it or something. But it was, like, the sweetest thing, and it made him cry, and it was just... I love them. And you know their babies are beautiful. We don't oh. see them, but you know they Oh, they have to be. So. And then my other one is Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn. Yes. Dream team. I love them. Never got married, and they are just... I don't know. I listened to the Goldie Hawn book on tape. Yeah, Okay. 
and they are just cute as a fucking button. Okay, like those are life goals. Yeah, Kurt Russell and I love Kurt Russell. Like even as Santa Claus, he yes. is so amazing. Killed it. So <laughs> those are life goals. So. Yeah, so think bigger than Justin and Selena. They're yeah, just, just think much bigger. There's much more solid relationships in Hollywood than uh, that than that relationship. We got to get over it, people. It's been it's been like a decade. Like we got to get over it. But just real quick, one more before we cut loose. Um, so I'm having dinner with my kids, and my daughter's telling me about this kid that she has a crush on in school, and I can't even remember what his real name is. And she's like, but there's a thing. And I'm like, well, what's the thing? And I'm waiting for her to be like, he's a senior or he's a junior yeah. or something. She's like, he looks like Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> and like I the said, real one or like um, that's Evan That's what Peters. I said. I said, are we talking Evan Peter vibes yeah. or Dahmer? Or... And Corbin's like, no, like Dahmer. Oh. And he shows me a picture. And I mean, you can see some resemblance, you know. And I'm yeah. just like, oh my God, okay, whatever. I mean, some people thought, some but people fancy literally, him that's what everybody calls him in school is Dahmer. Are you serious? So he knows, I was like, he knows about it. And she's like, oh yeah. So I was like, well, tell Charlotte. I was like, just tell him, like, you can date me, but you can't eat me. Yeah. And they just started laughing with that. <laughs> so many like, different ways. Bad choice of words. Yeah. She's like, I'm just going to not say yeah. that. I'm like, yeah. Probably as well. Yeah, maybe not. Probably a smart decision. <laughs> but I thought that was kind of funny. That's funny. <laughs> I see where you were going with it, though. <laughs> How unfortunate, though, to look like a, ser- a very... I know, I just want to let you know, in case one day you come over and he's sitting at the table and you're like, whoa, whoa, Trevor Dahmer's dead? Here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Should I call the police? <laughs> That's hilarious. You're really getting into those ribs. Uh, you yeah. You like ribs, don't you? <laughs> um, we're going to have a vegetarian meal tonight. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh she's gonna listen to this one and be like mom yeah <laughs> really you went there <laughs> oh it's so funny I'm like yes yeah, so it was good content for the show thank yeah. you baby girl exactly supplying us with some good combos <laughs> all right well i think that's all i have on me yep same here Thank you guys for listening and sticking around for another episode. Always staying creepy. Yes, ma'am. All right, well, on that note, we got to go. Bye, guys. Bye-bye.